How's it going? Thank you for tuning in once again to This Week in Mormons. I'm Jeff Openshaw. I'm Joseph Peterson. And I'm Corey Ward. That's right. And you know what that means when you hear these three, these three fools get together, everybody. Every six months, it is time for our special episode, wherein we prognosticate, as prognosticators do, about where temples might be. I always enjoy this. I thoroughly enjoy Joe and uh, Corey's contributions in this process. It's Corey's second time around actually being on the pod, and I'm very excited to have him involved. I'm glad so to be here. So we have a lot of fun, you know? How are you guys doing? What's going on? What's new? What's the scuttlebutt? Life is good. I was just telling Corey, I appreciate him being a part of this uh, endeavor now because I feel like he adds a little bit more uh, clout than I've ever Grounded brought. Grounded so analysis nice. is how yeah, I would exactly. look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've tried to do it, but I, I, I've enjoyed that quite a bit ever since Corey's been involved too. I think it's great. Corey is, of course, a, you know, Corey, you're, you're, you're an urban planner. You're a demographer. You're doing all this good stuff. So I'm a fan of you guys. I've been reading your temple predictions since what 2016 is when you started oh my so. gosh <laughs> he's an og way since back years. in the day my how a fan becomes the teacher <laughs> or something like that so uh i'm excited this time around increasingly i don't know what to expect though i used to you know we've said this before i i felt like a couple years ago the predictions could seem wild and outlandish but joe you and i would like we had reasons behind them. We had we had good sense of what would happen and when. We did pretty well. We've still done pretty well. But obviously, especially since April of last year when President Nelson announced 20 temples. Yeah. You know. That was a seminal moment. It feels like uh, the, the, the rubric has kind of probably forever changed. Yeah. At least as long as President Nelson is, is profit. I have heard some... This is purely anecdotal, purely murmuring. Oh, you're from going there. Sec- secondhand sources. Who knows, right? <laughs> but uh, but some of this actually came from some allegedly like leaked stuff from the stake president who went to a training or something like that. The whole point is, allegedly there are people that were in the temple department who have been concerned that we are legitimately like oversaturating with temples right now. Like these like these announcements are coming and like blindsiding the ones who have been planning, who actually have programs using Python scripts to figure out where temples should go based on the data. And then President Nelson's just like, nah, we're just going to build them in these other places too. And they're like, well, sorry, sorry, sorry. I could see that happening. I mean, and, and from conversing with other people who work for the church, I know fully well there's times when they're like out of nowhere, given, you know, given the opportunity, invited, as we often say, by some, by general authority to develop like some full software suite of something. It's like, and we need this in six months. That's normal, yeah. right? And the developers will be like, ah, uh, well, there's always that dance between, you know, you when you're leading a, a massive organization and you hire skilled tradesmen to do a thing that you want to do, yeah. but then uh, you also have like your own whims as a leadership and, you know, that can kind of be not tension, but like that can, that can change the direction of things yeah. pretty quickly. And I don't think there's ever any kind of like malevolence behind any of that. I mean, you can be in any organization and there's leaders who want a certain thing and might not always understand what goes into it, but uh I think the temple department's running well, but I also wouldn't be surprised if given the nature of revelation and how things go, maybe they've, they've had their list of like, yeah, we've got some likely locations president. We presented these to you for thought. And there might be many times when he's just been like, yeah, but also. Well, I think you fun. mean though, like we, we have some likely locations. It's www. Uh, the real twin. No, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> the website? This week like, in Mormons. <laughs> this website? It's just this week in Mormons.com. Uh, That's. How do you not know this? Joseph? I don't. I, I was oh thinking Twitter for a second. 
Yeah, I'm always uh, so concerned that um, President Nelson's going to kind of go the way of President Monson, where he's like, yeah, we're going to take some time to catch up on some announcements. So every conference, I'm like hesitant to be like, maybe this is the conference where there's not any. I've um, wondered that too, but I feel like... I feel like under President Monson, we weren't at this cadence that we had, that we got used to under President Monson, right? It was not common under President Hinckley even to have temples announced every single conference. This was not a thing. And temples always haven't been announced during general conference either. Sometimes they've come in all sorts of ways. Well, um, and correct me if I'm wrong too, though, but I think that uh, the maybe it's a different motive behind, I think, President Nelson, where his temple announcements often seem to be almost declarations of faith or proclamations of faith um, and not necessarily need to be as all buttoned up maybe than past presidents typically waited for until they announced it. So I don't know. I mean, we got like Russia, China, things like that, where it's like, well, you know, there's still some, some T's to cross and some I's to dot. And we're not exactly sure either where it's going to go or, you know, what all of the logistics are, but we're just going to put it out there that this is our intention and we'll make it happen when it happens kind of a thing. And so that's kind of like the the vibe that I'm getting. Well, and like temple building and temple attendance are clearly major hallmarks in general of President Nelson. It was one of the first things he said in his first remarks since become, when he became the prophet um, in January of 2018. That, that was the main thing he focused on, be in the temple, talk about the temple. So I don't think it's surprising that this has been a sort of a bullish four years of temple announcing. And yeah, there's a lot to build. There's a massive backlog. But given that distinction, I feel like President Monson was doing fewer every conference for one. And then even he said like, all right, let's 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 get caught up a little bit. But President Nelson's like, nope, I'm going to announce 20 of them. A lot of them might be built modularly as Corey's reported on, right? Which can expedite, because I think Helena is probably going to be done this year. They're already tracking for it to be done very quickly. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't expect at- it to be quiet. I think it's just going to keep going until... The Lord right. says President Nelson is finished and has done his good work. I always look at the ratio of um, the ones under construction and the ones announced. So like right now it's 46 under construction, 49 announced. But they have like another seven groundbreakings that they're going to do in the next few months. So yeah. that uh, under construction uh, number is going to surpass the announced number. So that gives more room for more announcements. So well, there you have it. But then if you announce like 15 more... But as long as you can keep up, as, well, as long as you're the, here's, here's the question though: Are we at a place where it's in, it's like two steps forward, but then you're getting eclipsed by three other steps consistently? Like, was it, it used to be a lot more under construction and fewer announced, and hasn't that ratio slowly, slowly, slowly tilted towards something close to equilibrium? But now we run the risk of announced eclipsing under construction permanently. Because you're right. I mean, how many can yeah. we build at a given time? We're not building twenty at any given time. I mean, I know right now you said we're building forty six, although many of 46, them. But are we keeping a clip going where we're building 15 to 20 and breaking ground every six months to keep pace with what's being announced? True. Yeah. In the end, it's how many are dedicated a year, right? What's that? That's average? me deflating Corey right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, COVID, COVID's been a huge hit to that. There's only there's only two last year that were dedicated. This year, hopefully, I mean, there's three scheduled so far. Hopefully, there's another six more. So Yeah. What else do we have right now for dedication? So we got Rio's open houses underway. You got uh, Chigo, Guam. right? Yeah, you, you got Guam. Are we counting? We got Praia, D- we got Praia and um, uh, just Bird. yesterday. DC. The re-education for the Tokyo Temple was announced. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got that. Things are coming together. Other it's temples that are like almost done: Quito, uh, Ecuador, Belém, Brazil, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and then Helena. 
that might be the next. So. Helen is fa- how many other ones have been modular? This was interesting, Corey, because you broke a lot of the the news about this. I would say nobody was talking modular temples until you dug you dug into the type of, of firms they'd contracted with, permit types, all this stuff, and realize and based on some words like, yeah, they're planning on trying to build a temple in like a year using prefabricated prefabricated modular components, which they haven't done before. I mean, I know Helen is kind of the pilot for it, but where else are they actually planning on doing it? Right now, Casper is under construction. If you look mm-hmm. at the, the the construction photographs, you can see that they're ready to put in the modules. So I expect in the next couple of weeks, they'll, or next few weeks, there'll be modules get up there. Yeah, uh, Elko will start next. So that will be also the same design. And then there's a number in the Pacific, like Port Moresby, Tarawa, Port Vila. I think those will also be... Are those following that one template? Okay. I believe so. And so those might be a little more challenged transporting those modules there. But and I guess I'm talking all these... about about that like wonkiness that <laughs> that has entered the yeah. chat. No, I love <laughs> and these mo- and the modular ones, I think they're all primarily about ten thousand square feet, right? I think Helen is around right. that, and that seems to be the norm. So even though you might see some renderings, like I'm looking at Casper, Wyoming, it looks stately and fine. And it's from the same perspective as you know the elevation is similar to what a lot of them would appear to be. So like a uh, small house in Bountiful or Draper. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The next move for temples, by the way, is the church is just going to exercise eminent domain on people's properties in Highland <laughs> and and Alpine, and just say, "Sorry, man, Immigration Canyon is now ours." This is what's oh boy. Happening. Anyway, so to get to the predictions, everybody, so. For many years, and we're still kind of doing this, I don't say it's the only thing we lean on anymore. We do look at some metrics, and a lot of that involves, you know, is there church membership? It used to be like, is there like 12 or 15 stakes to support a temple there? That's out the window. It could be whatever. That could 20 or 30. That could dictate the size of a temple for sure. But the thing we've always looked at, though, is 200 mile radius from a temple because of something President Monson said many years ago now. But back then he said 85% of church membership was within 200 miles of a temple. I imagine that percentage has increased in the years since. But so that's one indicator we use. And we still use our map that you can see with this episode uh, over at thisweekinmormons.com. It's a nice visual. It doesn't tell the whole story, of course. But we have a map that with circles radiating 200 miles around from where temple locations are. And you can kind of see where the holes are, so to speak. But President Nelson, understanding nicely that 200 miles isn't everything because 200 miles in an area with well-developed roads and easy infrastructure can be a lot easier than 200 miles in a developing country or somewhere that doesn't have good public transit or any number of things, right? And so he's also spoken about how he wants every member of the church within two hours of a temple. And two hours can be a very different thing, uh, depending on which part of the world you live in. And of course, that's not perfect either, because like obviously you're still building temples in Utah. And it's not like Orem and Linden are two hours apart, right? I mean, that's we get it. There are exceptions. So we're trying to kind of lean on both of these ideas in framing where they could go, while also understanding sometimes temples are going in areas just because there are so many members, no, no matter the geographic metrics like that. Or sometimes it, it is because they are so isolated, despite having so few members, that it's a nice way to bring the temple to them. I mean, Guam's a great example. There's like a stake in Guam itself. Right. But they have to travel to, I don't even know what temple they were assigned to, Fiji before that Manila, probably? I think. Or Manila or something like that. Yeah, nothing easy. Well, and there's a whole host too of like uh, how how popular a temple is, right? How, or usage that yeah. other metrics that we don't necessarily have access to that, uh, you know, would clearly go into those decision factors. 
Yeah. So I, I, we put an example here that you can see with the article about it. So just for example, say we were calling for a temple in Knoxville, which, spoiler alert, is only an honorable mention this time around. It's not actually one of our picks. But say there was one in Knoxville, Tennessee, over there on the, the slopes of the Smoky Mountains, right? Technically speaking, it's just under 200 miles from the the uh, Nashville, Tennessee Temple, which is in, down in Franklin, Tennessee. But it's definitely more than two hours to get down there because of where it is and because of geography. And if you look at a map and look at the other closest temples, Atlanta, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, Louisville, any of those, it's definitely more than two hours away. So that's why we could make cases and say, okay, it might be geographically closer to some of these temples and overlap with different districts, but real driving time. And unfortunately for most in the U S at least it's driving. Like there's not a lot of instances where people are hopping on the train to go to the temple, at least here in the States. Um, that's a real factor to consider and that'll come into play in some other spots. So fully understanding though, we are not prophets or apostles or anything like that. We have no revelation on this matter. This is just us looking at what kind of makes sense and then offering our opinions on it. There are always surprises in that regard. I was shocked a year ago when your Belinda was announced as a temple because that area of the church is losing members, but great, cool to have my homeland get a temple. So we never know what's going to happen. Um, the other bit of housekeeping before we get into it, typically we've had kind of like one, we've done rotated picks each and then we comment on them. I think it'll still kind of sound like that audio wise, but officially our first six picks are just joint picks that we all agreed upon, like in discussing this. None of us said like, I'm just going to throw one out there and let you guys pick me apart about it. We jointly wrote our synopses for the, the first six temples. We'll probably just take turns talking about them though. There's at least a lead off on the discussion. Uh, and then we can lead into the ones that are a little bit more, more wild card, more out there, perhaps less likely. So uh, I think I've covered it all, right? Enough, enough groundwork, enough housekeeping. Sounds good. good. That's okay, good. Corey, you have voluntold to take us through the first one. What do we got? Okay, um, if you recall last last time I was on this podcast, um, I, I made a good case, I think, for Peru, how it's under temples. Um, it's one of those countries of one of only five countries that has more than a hundred stakes, and so you think that also means a lot of temples. But there's actually a couple other countries that um, have more temples, like Canada, Australia, Argentina. Uh, they don't have as many stakes, but they have more temples. And so yeah. I don't know if that reflects anything about the grouping of the stakes or the development or the size of the stakes. But anyways, I think I think Peru is deserving of more temples. President Nelson has never announced a temple there. And the current temple, the second one in Lima, is under construction soon, probably probably. Um, to be completed this year or next year. So yeah. I definitely say Peru's ready for some some new temples. Um, but this year I'm making the case for Iquitos. So if you don't know where Iquitos is, it is most of Peru is a desert. Most of the populated areas are pretty dry areas, but mm -hmm. Iquitos is located in the Amazon rainforest, um, right on the banks of the Amazon River. So the rest of the country is like a rain shadow, basically. That's right. Yeah, because the Andes Mountains. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. And so um, to get... Uh, Quitos is effectively an island because there's no roads to get to the rest of Peru from Quitos. So you either have to ride on a boat ride um, to an, to a town down the river and then drive to Lima, or you have to take a plane. And so um, either of those aren't ideal for other people living in Quitos. So, um, and it would be one thing if there's just a, a few a few members there, but there's three stakes there, like I think 15 wards. And so um, this is definitely one of those areas where. I think the the remoteness and the the relative quantity of members um, really would qualify for a temple. What temple district is it in? I'm not seeing. I think, I think it's, it's in Lima. Oh, yeah. right. 
I'm gonna look it, it up. It is extremely removed from a lot of the rest of Peru. I mean, Amazonian Peru is is just a whole different world, frankly. And so, uh, yeah, well, that really draws into question the whole two hour element. <laughs> well, it really is because it's like there's. It, I think this might be one of the most extreme examples in this entire episode of of a temple you've you've called for that is far outside of it's it's outside of two hundred miles for sure, and it's way outside of two hours from anywhere close. I mean, either they fly to Lima, or what you sail up the Amazon and go through customs and go to Manaus in Brazil, but I don't think that's that's farther away geographically than Lima even is, even if it doesn't involve air yeah. or land or road travel. I, it's they are isolated. And there are three stakes, so it's a good point. And, and then a couple of years ago, there was a temple announcement in Coban, Guatemala, and it's pretty isolated, just like Iquitos, but not that isolated. And in yeah. Coban, there's only one stake, and so um, yeah, I think just the the quantity of members is there to justify this a remote area temple. Yeah, like really to look at it like basically an island and and other island nations that have that number, that critical mass of membership typically get a temple. So it's a good way to look at it, actually, as if it was just an isolated island. I mean, this, if this is like Cabo Verde, right? Cape Verde is, I think, actually more stakes than that, but still. Or Praia or, you know. Or similarly, like yeah, yeah. Treat them that way. Treat them with their isolate. Treat them that way, like isolated saints, people without a country. That's a cool pick. I like that. That's a Interesting. good one. Yeah. Yeah, boy, it really is far from that t- temple too. <laughs> it's just like it's losing like, it on the I'm map right now. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! All right, all right. So we've got Peru. Oh, so let's stay in uh, Latin America, but go up a little bit to oh, El Salvador. Yeah. This, I have to admit, this one wasn't really on my radar until you know every year, kind of a couple months before we do this podcast. I'll I'll just kind of marinate in the maps a little bit and uh this one kind of stuck out to me as sort of like a well, how come i haven't seen this before but um so small country el salvador about the size of massachusetts um they have like one pretty major city san salvador the capital that's where the temple is um and it's uh it's a tidy little temple with like 22 tidy. states you know tidy. in the country you know and so it's like it's just kind of it's a small country. It's got one temple. It's always sort of been its thing, you know, but um, I well, feel like... It's not like, that old either, right? Isn't the temple there only like uh, 10 years old, maybe? So 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I guess it's been a little bit of a minute. It's similar to, I think, what we see a lot of temples in Central and South America. It's in the 20,000 square foot uh, territory. I think the one in Santiago was only that size as well in Chile. Um, and so, you know, it's not one of the small temples, but it's definitely not like one of the 80,000 square foot Utah temples either. So definitely a, a low end on the medium scale. Um, and what else do I want to say about it? Like I said, 22 stakes. Um, but, you know, in this era, 22 stakes, that feels like it's a lot for any temple district. So looking yeah. at like the scatter shot of where those stakes are, um, it seems to be a pretty natural separation where 10 of them that are kind of in the Western side of the country um, that kind of hover around the, the city of Santa Ana, which itself is, you know, kind of its own hub. It's a little bit of touristy, um, a lot of great history there. Um, and so and that's that why you build a temple like, with, if it's touristy and cool, which is no, yeah, <laughs> is why there's a temple in Disney world because <laughs> roads, you know, sometimes you have to think about like, 
in in smaller countries, all roads kind of lead to the capital, you know, but this is a place yeah. where, you know, roads lead there, people go there, it's its own hub, that kind of a thing. It's a big yeah, yeah. coffee commerce center too. And so uh, I like to look at the, that sort of like tertiary data. I think we're, I think Port Moresby was the one that made me think about that stuff. Cause I think you brought that up, Jeff, of just like what, you know, what's the, the transportation infrastructure for most of the people in the country? Is it just easier to go to like the main city or to the port city even if a temple somewhere else would be like maybe closer to another cluster of, of stakes or whatever the case may be. So um, yeah, I think in this case uh, the infrastructure is there. Santa Ana um, has the membership um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a good guess. I think it's a, it's surprised me, like I said, but I think it's sort of a, an obvious one. So yeah. I would kind of be surprised probably if it didn't get uh announce this go around i agree i agree yeah na- the neighboring uh country honduras it just got a second temple just a few years ago um that first temple was built about the same time as the san salvador temple and yeah so about the same size so i would say it's about due time for el salvador to get it second as well Makes sense. Yeah, and we're seeing a lot of Central America is starting to get second temple. And Guatemala has kind of been out doing its own thing, but yeah, it's yeah, four now. Yeah, Jeez, it's crazy. But uh, I, I do think the other countries are starting to catch up. But poor Belize, come on, Belize. What is it? Just because you're an Anglophone country, you don't get any love? Come on, Belize. What were you saying? Corey, just visited. It was, come on. That's crazy. come on. All right, moving up to you know the promised land, North America. The United States. Here's one we've talked about before, but I think we all agree it's, it seems extremely likely, even if not every indicator goes there. Um, let's look at Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, the main the main caveat here is Charlotte is not more than 200 miles away from the temple in Columbia, South Carolina. It's like a 90-ish minute drive. And I'd say it's, it's like almost... 200 miles. It kind of depends on where you are. But if you look at the... Sorry, if you look at like the two-hour drive thing, definitely... Let me back up. It's definitely not 200 miles. As far as the time it takes to get there, it could be between 90 minutes to two hours, kind of depending on where you are in the Charlotte Metro. I would say based on some of the, the software we're using that estimates how far you can drive from a certain point within two hours, uh, that radius kind of kind of laps up on the southern environs of Charlotte, right? But it is accounted for. But Charlotte's still like, it's one of the fastest growing metro areas in the country. It's a, It's far, far bigger than Columbia, South Carolina. It's a bigger metro area, even than the Research Triangle, as they call it, over in the other part of North Carolina, Raleigh, Durham, uh, Chapel Hill. Raleigh has a temple, another Hinkley era mini one, just like in South Carolina. So it's not that they can't get to a temple. And I'd say in a worst case situation, if you live in Charlotte, you can get to a temple within three hours tops or so, because you could drive to Raleigh if you need to. And for some reason, South Carolina is closed. Or yeah, that's what they could always say. They wouldn't go to Raleigh when Raleigh was closed for a while because they rebuilt the whole thing. But that's a big city to have that far away from either temple. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like we only build temples if they're like, oh, it's a big city, so it gets a temple. Like, there's a reason all those years ago they built that one temple in South Carolina and not in Charlotte, for example. I have to imagine when the brethren were weighing this, I see this kind of being like the uh, you know back when they wanted to build what was that when they wanted to build the other temple in New York that never got built, Harrison, the White, Harrison I thought it was White Plains. They, they changed the name. Yeah, it was yeah. Oh. There was talk of building one there, and that was kind of, I believe, going to kind of be this big anchor for the region. And eventually, it got booted basically in favor of Boston, and then you've got the temple in Manhattan instead. 
Um, or Connecticut, I, have, I thought it was. They, and then Connecticut got one. Yeah, yeah I believe they announced it in, in Hartford. Then they rescinded that and said, we're going to build one in, uh, in Harrison and in Boston. Yeah. And then that Harrison one got moved to Manhattan. Manhattan. And then eventually Hartford got one, but it took a while. So I have to wonder, like, say for Hartford, in this case, they looked at Charlotte and were like, you know, they could, I, you have to think they could have said, all right, this whole region, most of South Carolina, North Carolina, let's put, if we put a temple, in, a big temple in Charlotte, it could cover that whole spread, just as the Atlanta temple has been covering a lot of that up until this point. But for some reason, whether it was the, I, we have no idea, this is purely speculation, but, but maybe it was the idea of, hey, we're going to do these mini temples. This is a great opportunity to build a smaller temple that's more localized. Why don't we build two of them instead and kind of put them almost equidistant from the Charlotte area, a little bit farther Raleigh is compared to uh, Columbia. And the Saints and, in Charlotte will be assigned there, but they'll kind of be in between either way, even though Charlotte's a big area. And, and that kind of happened in, um, in Nashville. Originally, they announced yeah. a larger temple in Nashville, but then they decided we're just going to put a mini temple there and we're going to... Use the resources to put temples in Memphis and Birmingham and Louisville. And Louisville and all that stuff. Oh, Nashville got hosed. <laughs> and there are many temples not even in Nashville. It's down in Franklin. I mean, come on. It, which is like, the Franklin Temple is one case where you should almost like call it the Franklin, Tennessee Temple because it is like far enough away from Metro Nashville. It barely merits being called the Well, and Franklin is definitely temple. its own city. It's it's like, it's not like it's, a just a suburb or a bedroom community, is it? Yeah. Th- I don't think this is a slam dunk, but I definitely think it's one of the few cases where the temple is so far away from the, <laughs> the city for which it's named. It, it's hard to justify how it's titled at one point. Um, but anywho, it would almost be like if there was a baseball team, like in Anaheim, and they were named the Los Angeles. Almost, Jeff. So weird. <laughs> so, don't get me started at that one in Mexico, the Torreon <laughs> Temple that's in Gomez Palacio. Like, oh, it's not Torreon. Wow. It's another state. It's in Gomez Palacio. Is it in a totally different state, too? Yeah. <laughs> See, what are we doing, people? Anyway, Charlotte doesn't have like overwhelming membership despite its size, which is probably another reason why it doesn't have a temple because you've got a pretty similar number of members out in like Raleigh. You've got a decent number of temples in South Carolina. So I would say Charlotte might be like less densely LDS given how big of a metro region it is-ish. But I just think in this era where we are building temples uh, with fewer members, like it stands to reason you could build one in Charlotte. I mean, it's such a fast-growing area. And not only that, the district for the... Um, the Columbia Temple is goes pretty far out, for, especially for a mini temple. I mean, Kingsport, Tennessee, is part of its district. Uh, that is where Knox. That's north of Knoxville. It's weird that that one's assigned to that, but Knoxville is assigned to uh, Nashville, I think. Right. So Knoxville is assigned to Nashville, but Kingsport, north of that, is assigned to a temple farther south than Knoxville. Okay. Either way, it's way far out there, and then also it goes as far south as like Savannah, Georgia. It covers a big spread. So I think part of this would be to let the Saints from uh, Kingsport, te- from Kingsport, Tennessee, from like Asheville, North Carolina, Greensboro, other areas, not have to go quite as far to get to a temple. I'm sure Savannah elsewhere would still just go up to Columbia. But um, when you see how spread out this one is, it kind of makes sense to plop a temple kind of right there to nest it between the other areas that are covered. So that's kind of our argument. Give me the, the deets on how many stakes it would probably assume into its district. Uh, I believe what the Columbia one has 17 stakes assigned to it right now. Mm-hmm. And so how I don't have the map up of the entire district. But is Charlotte think- split between Columbia and, um, Raleigh, like the Charlotte no, think, Metro, like all the east Charlotte- side of the Metro is kind of like over to Raleigh or, or it's just all, Not- it's all in Columbia's. It's all in. Oh, okay. Got it. 
So it was I'm wrong. Corey knows. I would, ask, say, I would say it's like eight, eight, nine steaks. There's ask like Corey. Four, four Corey knows everything. Immediate Charlotte. That's enough, right? So Corey knows all things. I was trying to bring up the Columbia, South Carolina temple real quick here. So we could double check because we care about these things. I quite don't know. A bit. Four like, steaks you know, I, in an American met, mega um, metro area. Not mega, but in a so prominent you, metro area. That's four is a little bit low. I don't know. So also, South Carolina. Kudos to South Carolina for having as much membership as it does. So this, so that that you've got um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you've got nine stakes in South Carolina assigned to that temple. You have five from North Carolina, two in Georgia, and then the one way up in Tennessee is assigned to it. So you've got five in North Carolina. So the dividing line based on the uh, map view, I think it's pretty much all just Charlotte. It's Charlotte in general, Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, if you look at this, there's the Temple in Rock Hill, which is basically Charlotte, but it's on the South Carolina side, then like Gastonia, Pineville, another part of Charlotte, and then more going west. So I think somewhere the cutoff line, I did say Greensboro earlier, but that might have been out of turn. I imagine Greensboro is just assigned to Raleigh because it's a lot closer to Raleigh than. But hey, how, how many stakes does Manitoba have, you know, for example? I think well, one. The one. Also so, more remote, though. I mean, they had to go all the way to. They got their second, actually. Oh, they did? Oh. Yeah. Boy, you sound like a fool, Joseph. All right. <laughs> what an idiot. Let's move on to our next one. So we have okay. a lot. So we're going to the promised land, but now we're going to, to Zion. We're going, of course, Salt Lake City. That's where Zion is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. So um, for a long time, Salt Lake Valley and Utah Valley have kind of mirrored each other in the amount of temples that they have had. But recently, Utah Valley has started to go way ahead. Utah Valley is now at seven temples. That leaves Salt Lake Valley behind at um, five temples. And and if you look at how many temples have been announced since 2010 between those two, one in the Salt Lake Valley and five in Utah County oh. in that time, which is cray cray. Yeah. So like, of course, it's not a competition, but I'm sure they um, think it is. There's this, still more this, is that, this is that Thor, Jeff. Is it though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's still slightly more stakes in Salt Lake Valley, although they're probably smaller stakes. Um, Utah Valley is probably about to eclipse membership if it hasn't already. Yeah. Um, that is Salt Lake. Um, but like you said, in California, that places um, your Belinda also, you know, losing members. But um, so there's not really should be any hesitation for President Nelson to announce another temple in the Salt Lake Valley. So where... Um, do you think we're going to get to a point where it's like the troubles in Utah, like the Salt Lake Valley is going to crash so hard on membership and Utah County is going to be all righteous and they're just going to like, it's going to be like <laughs> the non-Mormons and the Mormons fighting each other like in Northern Ireland. Is it like, not is, that already? I feel like well, that's pretty. I, like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, we're sure. We'll have the Zion curtain right there at point of the mountain. Oh, yeah. man. Have a checkpoint. <laughs> they'll, check to, they'll check for your tithing status to see if you can drive into Utah County or not. My word. We're not far off from that. Sorry, continue. Okay, so we discussed Harriman in the past, um, but this time we've decided on the eastern part of Salt Lake Valley, which is a little bit not specific, um, but there's a lot of communities around that area. So there's Cottonwood Heights, there's Holiday, there's Murray, there's Midvale, there's, I guess, north of Sandy, maybe. Um, And so something I've noticed is that um, the South, the I guess the Jordan River Temple in South Jordan has a ton of stakes assigned to it, and the Taylorsville Temple will be uh, taking a bunch of those stakes. Um, but there's also a number of stakes on that east bench that would be assigned to either Draper or Salt Lake that actually might find it closer to drive 
to the temple in Taylorsville. And that is because you can just hop on that 215 and the Taylorsville temple is right on that exit. And so a lot of those people in that mid-valley area might just find it easier to drive to Taylorsville, even though they're technically assigned to another temple. Makes sense. Yeah. And so Taylorsville might be busting at the seams by the time it's dedicated because uh, it's not like the largest temple. It's, it's it's larger than Draper or Ochre Mountain, but it won't be as large as Salt Lake or Durham River. So hmm. in order to, I guess, persuade more people on that east side to not go to the Taylorsville temple, hey, why not build another temple? Why not? It's funny because we've, we've joked about that, but there almost is like a why not approach. I mean, like when we... T- we talked about the whole the whole uh, hubbub with the Manti Temple and what they were doing. It was like, why don't we just build another temple? Then, if your concern is capacity, and they're like, well, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Now, this is a good. This is like the argument that uh, uh, somebody who knows a lot about transportation would make. Uh, I think looking at the those highways and just traffic flow of where people are going, maybe this temple needs to be here because it's like an air quality situation, right? Like we got to put a temple in <laughs> East Salt Lake to cut down on the bad air quality that, you know, makes people like us leave you. If that were the case though, we should build every temple along the tracks line. So it has its own stop. That would be. See, now you're talking. See, which is the closest one with that we get is Ochre Mountain. Cause the green line runs by daybreak, but it goes all the way to the other side. But I have to think. I, they actually, I know all about this. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I, <laughs> Corey's I, I, very happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I took UTA public transportation to every temple on the, um, was it front in the period of about a few months? Dude, so, where's that article? I, I need love that this. deep dive. <laughs> Seriously, where is this? <laughs> I took pictures. So yeah, I should probably. You should write all yeah, about, write something about and, it. And so what did you learn from doing this? Um, so obviously some are very accessible, like, you know, Provo City Center. It's right there. Yeah. Right by bus line. Salt Lake is right there in the downtown. But others that are on the mountains, like Draper or Bountiful, they take a little bit of a hike if you want to get up there. Are there so. even buses that run up to Draper? Like, did they um, There was one buses? old yeah. bus that did. An old They've bus. actually, um, UTA has started this on-demand travel stuff. It's kind of like Uber, but a lot cheaper. So now it's actually technically possible where you could just go to the track station in Draper, hail that ride up to the temple. So. They don't make you catch a limo? I'm surprised. <laughs> Joe has major feelings about paper. <laughs> I'm pretty transparent with him. It's fine. <laughs> That's really fascinating. And so you did the whole Wasatch Front. So you like, Ogden might not have been too hard, right? I mean, no, I Ogden's know. right there. By Super the easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brigham City, you do have to take another bus after Ogden. So that when you live in Provo, it takes a while to get to Brigham City. By train, so I imagine. Well, I mean, because what train? I mean, because Front Runner stops in Ogden, right? You can't take that all the way up. So you had to take. I had to take another bus after Ogden. Yeah, and then I ended up actually missing the train, the last train out of Salt Lake by the time I arrived back. So I had to call my aunt and have her give me a ride at midnight. So, Ooh. and she's like, "What are you doing up here?" Like, "Oh, nothing. <laughs> Just nothing. you know, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> it's an experiment." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's, that's actually really fun that you did that. that is now, what cool. about going down to like Payson? Um, there's a bus from Provo to Payson. So that's it, yeah. huh? Only a few blocks away is the bus stop. So. Oh my gosh, you had the easiest time in the world. I take it back. Well, I'm going to hope for more remote temples on the Wasatch Front. Then a temple. Saratoga somewhere... Springs would be impossible to get to. I if I tried to, I could not do that. Is there no public transit over there? There's like one bus that only like goes during the commute times. So mm. the NIMBYs yeah. don't want it. I think those those towns out there too are, are pretty young. They're probably still expanding their infrastructure. 
don't bring your riffraff over right? here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I like this idea. It's funny when you look at a map of the Salt Lake Valley because you've got like three temples kind of close together in the western part of the valley. But then it's like East Valley, which is the older part yeah. of the valley in terms of development. Salt Lake all the way up there and Draper all the way at the bottom and kind of inaccessible way up on the top of a hill. And yeah. nothing in between in terms of temples on that side of the valley. So it would make sense to have something if it's not, if it's like, if it's right around the 215, it'd be kind of like what, Holiday Cottonwood Heights area, I would guess, somewhere around there. Mouth of the that Canyons. No, I guess that's too close to Draper. And the area is pretty developed. So um, probably like Taylorsville, you'd have to try and find a, like an old church that doesn't have a lot of wards in it and probably tear that down. Oh, I wonder if there is one of those, Corey. Is there? <laughs> well, Does. likely to say, um, there was actually a fire in one of those chapels and the church didn't bother restoring it. So they just put the property up for sale. And I, I think they haven't sold it yet. So, but there's a park right next to it. And so I would say it's big enough for a temple. Well, if well, they well. To do it, they could do it. I've, and since you shared this with us, we've all looked at it and it's definitely big enough. I mean, you got the church property and this massive park behind it. I think the only issue is can they get a, uh, can you have a driveway on that part of Wasatch Boulevard or is that treated kind of like a highway right there? Uh, yeah, there. I've been learning a lot about access in my, a class a transportation classes lately and it is difficult sometimes to get access to highways and i don't think the neighbors would really like a lot of traffic going through their neighborhood probably on the not other side. on the other you side might have like a, a dc temple kind of a situation hey the neighbors by and large like the temple there except at christmas time it does get a little busy this is one time. though i have to say like when you first brought it to our attention Corey, it was like you know, kind of this big, oh, duh moment, you know, it's like this feels obvious too, in a way that like, we just didn't ever think about, I didn't ever think about, you know, East, East bench, Salt Lake area, Salt Lake Valley. Um, yeah. I mean, we've, yeah, we've joked about like sugar house in the past. Or, right. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind Mount Olympus, not that it's as dense over there, but that could also be, That's a that cool could be name. a nice like, prominent yeah. location too, visually for a, a temple in the valley. All right, going to another valley, albeit one much drier um, and hotter. Las Vegas, folks. We've talked about Vegas before in the past. I was surprised our collective voting led us into into Las Vegas number two. Admittedly, I don't know if it'll totally happen, but I just think like with the way the tone has been and, and metropolitan areas or cities getting second temples, it seems like Vegas can make a lot of sense. I mean, the region's grown quite a bit in terms of membership in recent years. Las Vegas is substantially more densely Latter-day Saint than many other metro areas. Uh, nevertheless, it still has the one temple. It's a bigger temple, but it's been there since the 90s. And it might be time for us to grow and have another one. I don't know if they would even call it Las Vegas West or something like that. And that's been our big debate, right? Like we said, like, would it go somewhere down by Henderson, which famously has a lot more members of the church, but that's still the east side of the valley. That would just be kind of clustering your temples in the same general geographic area. So I don't know if it would go there. So my, my money if we do this, is on the western part of the valley. There are three new stakes in the western and northwestern part of the, the Las Vegas Valley only in the past like seven years. So I think growth's a little bit hotter on that side of the valley. And it pains me to say it, it would probably pain Joe the most because it would probably go somewhere around Summerlin, which is like the Draper. It's like a Draper. Of with of Adelson too. Gosh, I saw that. <laughs> you liked my line about Sheldon Adelson? That was just for you. That was just for you. Um, All right, I mean, indeed. It, it could make sense. There's still room for new development. Uh, the church, oftentimes, when these temples get plopped into like brand new master plan communities, the church actually contracts with the uh, company building it and gets the utilities 
put into the temple site as part of it, like for free. Um, uh, they could easily leverage that into a new temple in that area. And so I, I think it's likely Vegas could have a second temple. It would be essentially like straight due west of where the current one is. Like they could probably see each other across the valley with the right lighting at night. Because the one in Vegas is slightly up a hill and you've got a great view of the valley. So I could see this being a thing, you know, if not this conference, maybe the next one. But uh, and this I is think definitely one I, I keep rooting for just because I feel like it makes a lot of sense. But also maybe this was the first temple open house I ever went to in the 90s as like a little oh, kid. Fresh. And that, fresh. Was, that was pretty cool. Putting the little like booties on the shoes, you know, and that yeah. whole thing. It was just like, yeah, yeah. ah, mind blowing. There we go. Yeah. And last last conference, Fort Worth was announced. And so in the DFW area, it's that's a little bit more of a good separation. You kind of knew where that second temple would be. But it's about the same size. The temple's about the same age. And the district's about also the same. That's an interesting court. That's the second time you brought that similar correlation. Well, but the Metroplex has way more people than Vegas. But yeah. There's the same. There's about the same amount of members, probably. And that's that's probably true. The same amount of members, though. Yeah. And the and the temple in Dallas is even older than the one in Vegas. Yeah. For but, like five but, years. Yeah. Vegas is interesting to me because it sort of follows that what I always call the stake center design, that kind of tent that goes back. But Vegas is, feels like it's much more like hunched up and bulky than the other ones, if that makes any sense. If you look at its design and its size, yeah, the other ones look a little simpler, like Boise and Chicago and Dallas. But Vegas just looks, it looks like it's one of those kind of on roids a little bit. It's, it's like in the early design. 2000s when all the classic car models got like chunky, you know, and then it's like the, the new model. <laughs> <laughs> here we go so let's stay in the west though i kind of are we done with vegas here yeah yeah we're let's good. move on let's keep let's pick up the pace to let's my home state of arizona but i really want to i mean yeah the the guest is in arizona but i want to pitch kind of like this concept that uh i feel like is an interesting theory so you know all these temples that we're seeing in i don't know how do i describe it kind of these smaller but not too small kind of regional areas maybe these little te- these cities and towns that are perhaps more regionally important um than yeah. their population might suggest something like elko which you know it's like it's not a big town but there's nothing else around so it's kind of like the town um well, other ones cody casper uh both in wyoming Springfield, Oregon, Farmington, New Mexico, Grand Junction, Colorado, all of these that are kind of like in the, in the far flung, I kind of view like if Utah was like the tabernacle, you know, and then like, these are the far flung stakes that are like still close enough in Utah to be like within its orbit, but they're definitely on that hinterland before you get into the quote unquote mission field. Um, And so some of those like tertiary, um, town regional hubs towns things like that um that are all getting temples right like all those towns i just named all the cities i just named all have been announced for um, getting temples in recent years um and so kind of looking at the map through that lens i feel like you see a few bare places and northern arizona is certainly one of those um we drove through flagstaff recently that's kind of like the big one that comes to mind and um boy, that town is a lot bigger now than it was even when I grew up. It's just kind of had its own population explosion, but it's also kind of like this nexus where all these major freeways um, and, and routes to different places sort of intersect. And so, you know, it's a very literal hub, even railway, that kind of a thing. Um, And so it's like, well, where's, 
where's this sort of secondary but important regional cities temple kind of a thing? But then, you know, you look at the stakes and the the member population too, and that influences um, certainly where the likely uh, destinations could be. I think you have kind of this swath of membership that starts sort of in Flagstaff, but it goes down to like uh, down through Sedona, Prescott Valley, Clarkdale, mm-hmm. Cottonwood, Prescott. Um, and Prescott, you know, has a long history of, of you know, old, like some, some good old boy, old timer, you know, stakes and um, members are there. And so I feel like that's kind of like the territory that we're looking at that would be ripe for, for a temple. And Prescott Valley is sort of smack dab in the middle. It's not too far from Flagstaff. Um, it's close to Prescott. Um, and so I think that is sort of like, if I was looking at a dartboard of all of these cities that are getting these modular temples, that one is got to be next in my, in my read of the map. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, no, I think the Santan Valley <laughs> in Arizona will be getting the next temple. I mean, yeah, we went back and forth between Flagstaff and Prescott, but I think, yeah, either. I mean, I, I think I still think it's either way. But I think, yeah, Prescott could be. And they're both kind of on the edge if you do like the two-hour drive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a long time ago Flagstaff is about two hours from Phoenix because my sister went to school in Flagstaff. And we always two? Say, it's, like, it's like two hours to Phoenix. It's three. To Phoenix. To Phoenix. Oh, to Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And if you look at a, if you if you look at a drive from where the Phoenix Temple is to Flagstaff, yeah, it kind of just, it's like right there on the edge. Prescott's kind of right in there on the edge. So I could... Yeah, I'm down with this too. I would say Kingman could go along with it, but it's funny when you look at a map because Kingman is on the very far edge of distance from the Vegas temple, which I believe it's assigned to. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know if it would actually be any quicker if you're in Kingman to drive to Prescott than it would be to Vegas. No, I think I think when Henderson is, is quicker for sure. Because Prescott's not on a on an interstate. So you'd no, have to I mean, famously, there, yeah, there is no interstate that runs straight from Vegas to Phoenix, which is something they intend to remedy allegedly at some point in the future. Oh, I hope but, not. Yeah, but yeah, I can. You can be assured that if President Nelson announces a temple in Prescott, he won't say he won't he won't he's really good at pronunciations, so you know he won't say Prescott. (laughs) So, fun fact: I I guess I could be wrong because it's been a long time since I've been a student in Arizona, but I believe Prescott used to be the capital for it was like the capital for a short period of time. I don't know. You're from there, Joseph. So you tell me. It's like you know. I learned that when you learn like what the state bird is and that kind of a thing, which I don't even know. Fourth grade history. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Arizona territory capitals, Tucson, Prescott, second. There you go. Phoenix. You're very welcome. It's like how Milford should still be Milford, Millard, Milford, Fillmore. Thank you. Fillmore. Oh, Fillmore. Yeah. The Utah territorial. Should still be the capital of Utah. Should be. (laughs) It's interesting to think about the pioneer. This is a total digression, but when we think about the pioneer era back then, I mean, Fillmore was the territorial capital of Utah and Brigham Young, part of the reason they built the temple in Manti too, is Brigham Young thought that that part of central Utah was going to be like the center of civilization in the state. Uh, oh, it is interesting. Yeah, Along well, those same lines, if you want a fun deep dive, read the Wikipedia page for Corinne, Utah. It was, it was established as like the... the like the non-Mormon town that was going to be like this big, Can I clip sophisticated Lake, yeah. city. Yeah, exactly. Then they built Park City, and it was fine. <laughs> okay, well let's leave. Um, let's leave the Americas. Let's go Good. to the continent of Africa. Um, so this one's kind of easy. B 
because um, there's always a running list of the um, countries with the most members without a temple. And so currently, the country of Uganda sits on that list, the highest part on the list, um, as number one, the number of, has the most members. Um, as of year in 2019, it was 17,000, I think, and around there. And then there's three stakes and three districts. And so um, the, always that, that spot that's on number one, it, usually within a few years, it gets announced. So um, it's pretty close to uh, Kenya. So you could say, well, maybe it's not like the one in Kenya needs to be built first. But um, I looked up on Google and it would take approximately 13 hours to drive to Nairobi. So I'm not sure how accessible that is in um, in actuality. That's a lot it's more not. than two. <laughs> a lot more than two. I mean, yeah, it's only like three stakes and three districts, but I think you make a good case for the isolation angle here. And the fact that it's atop the list, the list, yeah. which I looked up the list when we were talking about this, by the way. And the only thing that takes me back is I, I think, is this its first year on top of the list, Uganda? Sounds right. I don't remember. Only because, well, I think it's I think almost everything, like you said, that is on the list of most members of that temple has eventually received one at some point in the near ish future. Yeah, yeah. Kiribits was number one before that, but then they had a temple announced. So now it's Uganda. Um, it's just not always immediate. Like we called for a temple for a long time in Kiribits. We called for a temple for a long time in Nicaragua, which was at the top of the list, and it still took a while. So it might not be like this conference. That's only my my cautionary remark, but it might still be because the, the calculus has changed yeah. quite a bit. So, so who knows? The funny thing is the list has, it has, as long as there's no functional temple, you make the list, right? So, so two, three, and four on the list are Mozambique, Liberia, and Madagascar, all of which have had temples announced. So the next one on the list is Mongolia, which is officially not part of the discussion this week, folks, spoiler for all of you, <laughs> but, uh, I look for it too. I scrolled up and down the whole document like eight times Cross your fingers for mongolia right <laughs> um i think so i think that uh, there's a good case to be be made for it i made a point in the uh, in the written part here if people want to read the article i really want number seven though to get a temple as well and some have called for this a temple in the republic of the congo this is me geo nerding out right the Republic of the Congo is not the Democratic Republic of yeah. the Congo. They are separate countries, largely because of relics of European colonialism and stuff like that. But their capital cities, Brazzaville and Kinshasa, respectively, are across the Congo River from one another. They are the two national capitals located closest to one another in the world. Okay, And so Kinshasa has a temple. And, and Congo's got lots of members as well. If you build a temple in Brazzaville, it would just be a fun, random little factoid where you would have two sovereign nation capitals the closest together with temples in each one literally across the river from one another even though they're different countries what a fun what a fun random interesting uh, surprisingly trivia. those two big cities they don't even have a bridge between them so you have to take a ferry yeah so I, I i saw some plans on the internet of maybe some proposal to build a bridge they in the next three years, build the but... bridge to nowhere <laughs> we'll build see if that happens point. Build this Vincenzo, wall. build this bridge. Wait, no, how does it go? Vincenzo, <laughs> I wouldn't I would not burn the bridge. <laughs> oh, burn the bridge. Yeah, don't do that. Well, I'm we're doing Vincenzo, right? I know, yeah. I know. I was quoting it. The funniest thing when I was a kid when you watch um How Great a Possession is like in your mind you're thinking it's all about Catholicism and like Vincenzo was like a Methodist or something like that. Talk about being a my interesting minority in Italy at the time. Anyway. Anyway That's why he felt free to to you know change his faith. Yeah. 
but might might have been. Let's swing back to the United States, everybody, for a a pick we've had here and there, but I think it, I think it's worth considering once more. Um, you've got a number of temples in Texas. We were just talking about the, the Metroplex a bit ago. There's a temple in Dallas. There's one coming in Fort Worth. There's a temple in San Antonio. There's a temple in Houston. There's a temple in Lubbock. There's a temple being built in McAllen, right down there on the southern border. Um, but there should be a temple in Austin. Now, Austin sits close enough geographically and time-wise to San Antonio. It's fine in that sense, right? Not a big deal. And it could even you could even drive to Houston and not a crazy amount of time if you needed to. And it's only like three hours to get up to Dallas. But there has been a lot of growth in Austin because Austin's just this hot place to be. You, 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 all of you, all of you listening know someone who's moved to Austin. I can all but guarantee. Yeah, this. Elon Musk. Come on. That's because he's a whiner. And doesn't want. <laughs> doesn't want to. We all know him. Acts himself into glory in California, but um, I think that's one of the main things here. I think is it's growing so quickly that they've organized was it three stakes in the past just handful of years i want to say i think i I don't i don't have the stat right in front of me which i should i wrote it but i don't remember exactly um i think you said in the last 10 years they've organized three stakes yeah no three of the stakes aren't even 10 years old oh and they could take in some other stakes nearby maybe even the kyle stake which covers san marcos if you did this in that structure it would just split the san antonio district in half which would be fine the san antonio district is a smaller temple kind of like mini 2.0 like more like sacramento lubbock newport beach redlands that style one a little bit bigger than the hinkley mini temples um so i have to imagine that that would be okay especially if you built one of similar size i don't know if it, i think it would call for one slightly larger than even the modular ones maybe like a yorba linda one like a thirty thousand square foot temple that's, that's fine but Austin's such a hotbed of activity and growth and people are moving in. I don't know what the missionary work situation is like there, but no matter what, you're getting people from elsewhere who are coming in there. Um, I do wonder if growth might slow a bit just because as we've seen real estate prices go up all over the country. Austin has been severely affected by that kind of in a way Utah has where it's become even even far more out of reach than it even used to be. And that can make it harder for people to move into the metropolitan area. Uh, When before they were moving, they're saying Austin's cool. It's awesome. It's got all this great stuff and it's affordable. The end it's affordable part of the equation might be uh, under threat. Whereas San Antonio still is more affordable than Austin and, and it already has the temple. Yeah. So that's a consideration. I think, though, you do got to consider that corridor between Austin and, and Waco, um, including Waco, too, to be... Waco sucks. Uh, yeah, but, you know, they need a temple. I mean, they don't need a temple of Waco. It's just like, what? But think, think about who... I mean, I'm trying to think, who could they recruit to, like, be on the design team for the temple that would service Waco? Something about like Barnes in Waco, yeah, some, some, some H, like a HGTV show designer, something like that. Oh, you know what they should do is they should uh, put that little curtain of like what it used to look like. <laughs> pull it apart. As long as they can get like a like Man, a like a really that, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> if they can get like a really goofy red faced strawberry blonde guy to be the designer. <laughs> um, so good. Glad, here's the upside to Waco. Uh, that show has kind of rehabilitated the whole city's image yeah. because we had the whole the whole Branch Davidian nonsense back in the '90s, right? And that's all everyone knew thought about for Waco for a very yeah, very people long don't time. think now, that so much anymore. Now everyone's like, I want to go to Magnolia Farms. <laughs> I want to see the silos. It's going to be great. Although I do reckon Waco the series is really good. It kind of goes through that whole Branch Davidian history. I mean, Baylor's there too, right? So sure. you got a university. But anyway, so Austin, it could happen. It could happen to you. <laughs> Are we at uh, 
my pick now. Yeah, we're at your favorite one. This is, my, this is my wild card. And I have to be honest, I uh, as I was going through this, I feel like I I zoomed in on Des Moines, Iowa, I don't know, a, a couple months ago when I was, like I said, perusing the map and like, oh, there's a glaring obvious spot that would be a good guess. And I didn't I'm really like... I'm only laughing at this. I, I wasn't going to laugh at Des Moines before, <laughs> but because you texted me and were like, I don't know what I was thinking. Sorry, I don't want to spoil this, but just continue I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. It was, uh, you know, I kind of like did not do my due diligence when I thought, oh, that's a curious spot. I think I just jumped to, that's a curious spot. Done. It's going to go on the list. So when it came time to finally write the article and I pulled up the maps and I was like, you know, making my notes, I was just like, there is nothing here. What's going on? <laughs> so, you know, looking at where the stakes are in Iowa, particularly in Des Moines, because that's sort of like right in the middle of the state. And you have a situation where like you have some other population centers in the state that are closer to the borders and they, you know, are assigned to other temples um, that are nearby in other states like Nauvoo and um, the one in Winter Quarters, which is basically yeah. Omaha. So that pretty much just leaves. I mean, if you're talking about Des Moines, which is the pick um, that leaves the stakes in Des Moines, which are like two and then one in Ames, Iowa, which is basically, you know, close enough to Des Moines to be, I think, in its metro orbit. So, um, yeah, it's it's another one of those like there's three stakes. Do we want to give three stakes to, you know, in the middle of of Iowa, another temple. So I guess it's yes. kind of like yes. Charlotte, you know, same, maybe it's not as bad of a guess as I thought, but I did, I did note, um, and readers of the article will, will see this, um, you know, Cedar Rapids, I think is the second biggest city in Iowa and it's closer to Des Moines. So if there's a temple in Des Moines, they would be technically under two hours, um, to a temple, yeah. Whereas right now they have to go to Nauvoo, which is two hours away. So, but it's a four the, stakes, right? Exactly. But Des Moines would be like an hour and fifty nine minutes. So it's technically under two hours. <laughs> One minute closer, <laughs> Gene. Um, what, what, so with Nauvoo, how much do uh, I don't I don't have any answer to this, but how much does like the church lean on Nauvoo being for lack of a better expression, a like legitimate temple to serve the region yeah. versus a, a historically important temple that we love for that purpose. I don't know, Corey, I don't know if you, you might have read, you know what I mean? I mean, I know we don't yeah, know. It's I understand. Like, like if not, basically if Nabu weren't steeped in church history, would we still build a temple in that area because it merits the region it serves and they need one anyway? I doubt. I mean, would. definitely not that part. Yeah. <laughs> there probably would have been one in Des Moines earlier. If that's or, Cedar, or Cedar Rapids or Cedar Peoria Rapids. or somewhere yeah. else. Because like they they the, their schedule is shorter. They don't have as many sessions during the winter as mm-hmm. they do during the summer. Because during the summer, most of it's tourists. It's a, yeah, it's a tourist temple. I've never been. It seems delightful though. Well, it would make sense they don't have winter sessions because those will be in winter quarters, obviously. <laughs> Joe, when you were writing the article and kept saying "consider," I was getting major like First Nephi eleven vibes. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I was intentionally going for, but I'm happy that that's, (laughs) that's, (laughs) yeah. If you look at the, like where, uh, the Nauvoo temple is, there aren't really any stakes. 
in its immediate vicinity. So I guess if you need that temple to have, <laughs> sorry, I was going to say yeah, the mobs kind of took care of that. Oh, one, didn't they? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, soon? if you if you need to have like a like you know local membership to keep that temple going, then um, that might sort of make a good case to not have a Des Moines, um, simply because. I don't know what would happen with Cedar Rapids and, and like Iowa city and that stuff. But um, I guess in Peoria too, which would not go to a Des Moines. So they would have maybe one, maybe no. two stakes, but um, you know, yeah, they get a lot of tourism had, there, which I'm sure like have yeah. exactly. And yeah. I mean, they might not have the, do they have the pageant or is that the one pageant that stayed? They're still doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see. So there you go. Everyone that's in the pageant is probably going to go like every week that they're there for that. So yeah, it's the tourism temple. You know that's fine. They can they can keep it open when the tour busts come through. Booyah! Okay, so here's my shot in the dark. Um, last, although last uh, last time I was here, I purchased a temple in Rexburg North, and of course that was announced. So yes, it. it was. Almost Pat everyone on the back for saying, that one. <laughs> everyone was saying that was unthinkable. Too small. <laughs> um, but obviously there's a lot of members there. And so I guess continuing on with the, like the Austin Charlotte argument um, out of all the t- small temples, that size in the United States, probably the most busy, the ones that have the most stakes are San Antonio and, and Columbia. And so I'd say number three would be Spokane. Um, but Spokane district is, is pretty like compact. There's not really a city in the far out um, region that could have a temple. Um, so if you were to split that temple district, you need a temple probably in Northern Idaho. And so I'm guessing Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, there's, um, three stakes in the area. One of them is new post falls was just created a few weeks ago. There's another one in Sandpoint, Moscow, Lewiston. So there's like six, um, stakes in the area. And then that would leave, um, Spokane with another six, eight, seven. So, um, yeah, I think Idaho needs more temples. It needs to catch up to Utah. Do, do you think there's any risk? Because I'm assuming when the Helena Temple is done, it's going to because there, there's Montana stakes that go to Spokane right now. I mean, you've got the um, yeah, we'll probably Ronan Montana stake, which is like Kalispell, Missoula, and Stevensville. I'm assuming if you get farther up northern in northern Montana, that one, so that's when you cross over into uh, um, Cardston. Cardston. I would guess. I'm assuming those three stakes at least are going to get put over to Helena when Helena's done. So that would you couldn't keep those. So Spokane would lose those three plus the six or seven stakes on the Idaho side. So yeah, I would. I take that. I put that into my calculations. Basically, probably a clean line at the Idaho border. I would say split the two temples. Um, the temple in Spokane is on a large piece of land. Theoretically, they could um, expand it. I guess. But I think something that the church has learned that renovating and expanding temples is as expensive as building new temples. And so I think yeah. people prefer just to build new temples in another area that makes it more accessible for other people. That's, that's true. It's going to be like the Manti approach in a way. I mean, I know like of the many temples, they've rebuilt a few. I think the only ones they've substantially expanded, Anchorage, I know for sure, got like a second story put on later on or something like that, oh, right? interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any other of the other mini temples had substantial extensions put on them other than that. Yeah. All the mini ones that have been renovated so far, they're the exact same, almost the exact same square footage, the same ordinance yeah. capacity. But most of those have kind of a, uh, on our, on a lot that's kind of limited, 
Well, Spokane has like three baseball fields around it. So they have like a ton of room if they wanted to expand. And you want to talk about how limited they are. I don't think I'd ever really seen one. of. I don't think I'd ever seen one of the real mini temples in that kind of environment until I was in Louisville once. I'd 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 been up to Palmyra. Palmyra was on its own little lot. The sacred grove is nearby. It's got a lot of space. But when you're in Louisville, this is like what they're thinking with mini temples. It is like wedged right across the door from the church building. The church building itself is bigger. There's the parking. And then it's literally literally like if you were to walk out of your, your typical oval-shaped stake center, and in the distance it would take you to walk out the side door and to the cars that are parked facing facing away from the building, if it's like that, you're like already on the temple property. <laughs> if that if even that far. Like they they really did find interesting ways to snug these little temples into these locations. It's kind of funny too, it almost the temple seemed like it's not that it's not a temple, but it almost seems like so like this, like this cute little appendage next to your yeah. stake center that it's hard to remember that it's like, no, no, this is like the big deal. This is yeah. the temple. With Interesting. The temple and everything. I wrote about this. Yeah. I wrote about this last summer. Um, I had some, I have this, the aerial shots of all these temples where they're kind of like, you can tell that the temple is like a second thought after the meeting house. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. 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 Oh, uh, all righty. Well, here's one I've done before, too. Dear friends, I love Spanish Fark. Fark. Spanish Fark. It's a treasure beyond measure. <laughs> what a pleasure. So, we've talked about Spanish Fork in the past, right? That, that's not altogether new. But I still think it's there. Nothing's really changed as far as I know. I don't think there's been any new stakes that have been organized since we last spoke about Spanish Fork. I just think that as we keep seeing temples go up in Utah County, because Lind- Linden has still baffled me even since this time. Like That's incredible to me. I know it merits it for sure. But the fact that you announced a temple in Orem, which I think for a long time we wondered if they would do, just, just given the fact that you had Provo City Center in Provo. But nope, you get a big old temple in Orem. And then little Linden... Just over the line from the northern side of Orem also gets a temple. Um, that's An even been larger the, temple, yeah. Yeah, that's been the thing that has made me feel more bullish about this. Um, southern Utah County, it's kind of like this is kind of the edge of the develop the the Wasatch Front in a s- economic and social sense, right? It's kinda, basically it's where area wherever area code eight hundred one peters out and becomes four three five. That's like Southern Utah County right there. It's not as dense, you know, you kind of go south of Provo and Springville's kind of there. And then it th- things thin out a little bit more than what you're used to when you go from Provo all the way up through Ogden, Ogden right? where it's just, much, that's yeah. where everybody lives. But the area is growing a lot. Um, I can't tell you how many people I know who have, when they've moved to Utah to cash out before, especially before Utah's market went crazy, and they've all built homes in like Mapleton. Right, that's a that's a place. I want to build a nice house in Mapleton, and it's going to be great. Um, there's a lot of people moving in. There's plenty of new construction. I, I don't see this as an area that's going to uh, contract in both new movements and just general growth in terms of members anytime soon. I think Southern Utah County is slowly going to get to the developed level of the core portion of Utah County of Provo through Lehigh. I think little by little you're going to see a lot more fully consistent built-in development stretching all the way from Springville through Payson, which is a lot of it's there right now, but really filling it in along the freeway and fanning out throughout the, the valley portions. And so with that being the case, um, you could easily put a temple in Spanish Fork. Uh, you could take out a handful of 13 stakes or so, 
um, that are assigned to the Payson Temple right now. You can take Springville's eight stakes. You can put those all together, and if and you take those, from, you take Springville stakes from Provo City Center. By the way, if you do all this, you've got twenty one stakes in Provo City Center Temple. Payson still has sixteen stakes, but they'll probably get more as pretty quickly as time goes on. And a Spanish Fork Temple would have twenty one stakes. That largely goes with some of the balances of how of the average number of stakes assigned uh, per temple in Utah County. In general, it's not like perfect, but um, like the average right now, since we're talking about total members, there's an average of 25 stakes per temple in Utah County right now. So that would put Payson kind of under the line significantly for a little while. But well, and isn't Payson one of those like 80,000 square? I mean, it's gargantuan. Almost too, every so. temple in Utah is like the 80,000. Yeah. Thing, though. I mean, the, the only temple they've announced that's less than 70,000 is the Ephraim one. Every other temple announced in Utah is big. So. So you could say, if you're trying to keep that average up, I could get that. But think about that. If the average is 25 stakes, that means Payson has too many. And that means Provo City Center is just under with 21. And so we have to ask ourselves, which ones have a lot more? How many stakes is Saratoga Springs going to wind up having? Yeah. How many stakes is um, Timpanogos going to keep, especially when Linden is done? Curious how that'll shake out, but I could see a very strong argument for that part of it, the area getting a temple. Because before that, before Payson and Provo City Center went in, I mean, that was it. Provo was it. Yeah. You got nothing else going south the, until St. George. I mean, you got Manti, you know, inland but in a bit more. But then back then there was nothing until St. George. So that's my call. Uh, unfortunately, I can see it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Unfortun- unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I had some reservations, like what you said about Payson or Provo City, but like, there's going to be enough growth down there that in the long run, it won't matter. Yeah, you make a good case. Well, thank you kindly. Should we do head down back to South America? Head down the old South America yeah. way? This done, is, done I think I feel, yeah. yeah, I feel about the, the Portugal of South America, if you will, because it, it clings that Western border of the continent. Um, that's what they call it too. That's what they always have. They say it's the Portugal of South America. Obviously, that's what yeah, says. exactly. That's what everyone says. <laughs> uh, so I feel I feel the way about Chile that um, I think Corey feels about Peru. I feel like it's one of those um, they have a, a lot of stakes in Chile, and it's been under templed I think for a long time. So what does that catch up look like? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think you know just looking at the existing temples in Chile, they all have you know large districts a large number of stakes in each district so this time because i have not had necessarily good luck with some of my other places except for my second one in santiago which i guessed last conference um but i zoomed in on the concepcion uh temple district and kind of looked for some natural um clusters within that district that would kind of split in half i know a lot of people are saying osorno um in the the kind of cluster of medium to large size cities that are south of Concepcion. Um, but I'm going to go for, I don't even know how to say all these words, Valdivia, um, just because I think that is more centrally located um, from all of the, the cities that have like two to three stakes in that southern region. And so... That's the guess. It is Valdivia. I think if I had my druthers, I would probably think the next um, Chilean temple would be in Punta Arenas down at the very bottom tip. But um, we've already kind of covered that ground too. So this is, I think, 
a solid guess. Certainly it has enough membership in that region to um, service the temple fairly well. Probably, uh, you know, if it's like a 20 to 30,000 square foot temple, you know, like no problem Two instruction rooms, two ceiling rooms. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it would be uh, to answer that like rumor that you introduced at the beginning, Jeff, where it's like, is there enough members to like staff these temples that are just going in everywhere? I think this one would have plenty and it would probably be, blessing for the saints in that area. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah. Um, like you said, it's right. Valdivia is right in between Temuco and Osorno, which also has two stakes. Um, I guess we pointed out that Osorno is where the mission is located. So it seems like That's know, true. the church infrastructure is in that area, but I guess that doesn't necessarily limit where a temple can go. No. But it could still happen. So I don't know. I could see the case for any of these. I would be more excited if they announced the Punta Arenas one, though. I Absolutely. Think that, would like, that would be way cooler. Bottom of the world, man. That's awesome. That would, that would be kind of neat. All right. Last main guess, everybody. And uh, it's it's one that's also come up before. I've been all domestic this time around. That's just been my jam, it yeah. turns out. Um. I'll just lead off with what I wrote. What do you give the land of Air Force cadets, NORAD, Fort Carson, and evangelical megachurch headquarters? You give them a temple, everybody, and preferably with a Moroni statue just to make a statement this time around. I was going to say disdain, but yeah, I got you. Yeah, sure. So (laughs) we're speaking of Colorado Springs, Colorado. And once again, it is not more than 200 miles away from the nearest temple in Denver. It's not more than two hours from the temple in Denver, especially because the temple Colorado Springs lies roughly an hour and change south of Denver. Uh, and the temple in Denver is in southern Denver, okay? So it's already closest to the t- where the temple is in that metropolitan area. But there's been, and there hasn't been like gangbusters growth in the area or anything like that, but there's like enough members where this makes sense to me, where I see the fact that you've got what's well, like five stakes in the immediate Colorado Springs area. There's a stake down in Pueblo, an hour or so south of the Springs. There's a stake in Kansas that's currently assigned to Denver as well. It would potentially hurt the Denver Temple. Denver is a fast-growing area, but it could still might hurt it to lose that many members. But the Denver Temple has handled losing a similar number of members to the Fort Carson, uh, not Fort Carson, the uh, little, no, what am I saying? Give me the name Fort of Collins. It. Fort Collins. Fort Collins, yeah. Thank you. The Fort Collins Temple up north of Denver, which is about the same distance away from Denver as Colorado Springs is from the rest of Denver. So I think they could do it again. And another reason I think that as well, if I look at my native DC temple, right? We lost about a third of our temple district to Philadelphia when Philadelphia was dedicated. And then Richmond. And we're going to lose a bunch more to Richmond when Richmond is done. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the temple is not going to keep going and we're not going to be okay. If anything, it might be easier because Saturdays are insane there. And so it could be kind of nice. It could still be a very good thing and it would serve the saints well. It Absolutely. They don't have to travel crazy far right now to get to the temple. But to me, it seems like I think Colorado seems like should have more temples. We've got the two and we've got another one going up in Grand Junction, yeah. which is out in the West and like barely factors into this discussion about anything along the front range. Um, so I, I, I think it's uh, I think it's time. I think we should have this. I want this. I need this. <laughs> this is the temple I need. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I don't I don't think it would be surprising if it did. In some ways, I think Colorado Springs really fits kind of like what I was saying about Flagstaff and some of those other cities. And so, you know, if you think about it in terms of maybe it doesn't need to be a very large temple, you know, maybe even one of the the modular ones 
you know, make it happen. I think it's too big of an area for a modular one, though. I think yeah, it would five get stakes, a, five stakes in one city. That's that's pretty big. I think it would get a a thirty to forty thousand square footer, maybe. Well, okay, then that would serve it okay. Like the a Billings. Now, yeah, like a Billings. Uh, Corey, you noted allegedly. I'd love to know your sources that the church has a piece of land that might be set aside for a temple already. Um, supposedly, maybe in Northgate, somewhere um, up there. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, interesting. If it is, there is a, there's an open spot of land there. It's interesting to me, though, because if it's in Northgate, that's like very far on the northern periphery of the Colorado Springs area. And if you're already traveling north to go to the temple and you're already at Northgate, by that point, you're like not even, well, you're, you're like Almost 40 minutes. You're yeah. maybe 40 minutes different from Denver at that point or so. That's a little bit, that's a little funny to me because you want to try to spread it out. Colorado Springs is not like, evenly developed as far as encircling the downtown area. It really fans out to the north and the east more than anywhere else. So it it works. But even with that, it is that site is still pretty far out there compared Yeah, to shout out to, to Matt Martinick at the LDS Growth blog. Uh, he lives in Colorado Springs. So for a long time he's been advocating for Oh temple. he's just a booster then. He's just a cheerleader. <laughs> but I think the... he that's that's what his guess is for that property. So by the way, so um, you might know about the Temple Matrix, folks. If you go to sites.google.com slash view slash Temple Matrix, every conference, the creator of it, keeps track of everyone who predicts temples and where they fall. Um, we'll link to that and you can check it out. A number of our picks are on there this week and a number of them are not. Because number one on the list this time is Kampala, Uganda. Oh. Then the Philippines, then Iquitos, then a couple others in Brazil, Ribeiro and Preto in Brazil, then good old Mongolia then Charlotte, then Uyo, Nigeria, which frankly might be one we should have discussed. Uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, Spanish Fork, Utah, Colorado Springs. That's where we're ranking right now. These ranks will change, of course, by the time this is published because they always incorporate ours into it. Well, we always have some really good ones in the uh, honorable mentions. Let's let's crank through a couple of those real quick. Or all of them. We've actually got a pretty long list of honorable (laughs) mentions and stuff. (laughs) Well, Ulaanbaatar, we talked about it, Mongolia. I, I, I promised... Last time around, I was not going to include it in the predictions, which is why I fully expect it to be announced this time. So by being an honorable mention, it covers my butt, but it's still not officially a prediction. You took that's one how, You what, took one for the team to make it happen. Yeah. As long as you were including it, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Punta Arenas, um, Chile. I mentioned that one. I, I still think that's like a really fantastic pick. Um, Last time I talked about Fairbanks. Yeah. Um, also super which north, I could, super Which south, I could see so. happening. Uh, we've talked a lot about Tacoma, Washington, kind of the same argument as somewhere like Las Vegas or elsewhere. It's not crazy far from Seattle, but there's members there. It could make sense. Could be a good spot for one. A lot of growth. You mentioned Knoxville um, in in good depth in the conversation. Yeah, and the more you think about Knoxville, you kind of you could kind of see a sort of a Smoky Mountains temple kind of making sense yeah. for that broader area. Huh? I think yeah. it's a cool spot. Uh, I have my... Sources on maybe a property in Lehigh up there on Traverse Mountain. So right there in between Tupanogos and Saratoga Springs. So if you want another Utah Valley temple, that might be it. But the the one in Lehigh, but you think it would be along some big like redevelopment. What makes you think that a temple's involved in this development of the uh, like the Micron area? Micron, well, there was Micron. a um, the city council meeting where the developer at DR Horton, they kind of spilled the beans. They said, hey, we're, we, th- we're working with the church, but there might be some sort of uh, development there. So, wow, wow, wow. Oh, church. Price. Um, I like that pick. That's a good one. A lot of people have kind of said price in the past. I feel like it's got a similar vibe to Heber Valley. I think it's going to go in Roosevelt. Ooh. 
That's right. Maybe. A couple of ones. El Paso, Texas. We've talked about El Paso a lot in the past. I still feel bullish about that one at some point, even though it's right across the border from, there's a temple in Ciudad Juarez, but a uh, bit of a different beast. So I think that, I think still think that's a decent possibility. I don't know about that one. Cancun, that's your mission area, right, Corey? Yeah, I'm too biased. I couldn't make it my official choice, so I just put it there in the <laughs> Does Cancun actually merit this in terms of member? I mean, there's uh, Temple yeah. of Merida, right? So. There's, there's four stakes in the area, and Merida's pretty far away. There's like five hours away. But Cancun would, would uh, be where Belize would go to, right? Or no? Oh, no, that's mm. the... What one yeah, is Cancun's one? on the eastern Perhaps. coast. Perhaps. I think sometimes they go to Medida, so yeah, oh. they might go to Cancun. They might go to Cancun. Or they just make it the Tulum Temple. and There you go. They have a Mayan temple there. So. The, the Chichen Itza Ooh, temple. that's true. All we do this is trans. We do something really tacky and we say we want to emulate the native design, you know, the <laughs> historic designs. And we literally build a replica of Chichen Itza, but the inside's hollow and it's like a temple on the inside. Yeah, there you I go. Mean, you could argue that the Mexico City Temple. My mission president would be ecstatic if that happened. <laughs> yeah. Peoria, um, I don't know. Peora? I don't know how to say that. Peora, Chiclayo. Peora, I, I argued Chiclayo. this one last time. That's the northern coast of Peru. Got it. We talked about Chiclayo last time. Oh, yeah. for Pete's um, sake, Jeff. Barcelona. What's wrong really? with me saying Barcelona? I'm not the only one. I'm just kidding. I'm just giving it a And all time. of us are naming missions <laughs> just because just Amsterdam, just because the Netherlands has one already. Yeah, and Joseph. Brussels inexplicably got another one. I don't even, uh, that <laughs> one just is a good, completely surprised the, me. The European temple announcements <laughs> in the past year, I think of left Lavos, like that's, you want to make the case, the one that that kills me is the temple in Budapest and the temple in Vienna. Yeah. Those two, I, I never in my wildest dreams, no. I assumed it would have to be one or the other. I would Those I would totally include Brussels in that too. I mean, Brussels has like half of a stake. You know, it's like- What what, what I think happened was some of the brethren, they, which one was first? Budapest was announced first, I think, of those two, right? Budapest yes. came before Budapest. I think they announced the one in Budapest. And then they're like, guys, did you know this was like one country at one time? Did you know it was the Austro-Hungarian Empire and it was a split, it was a shared capital between Vienna and Budapest? I think for historic reasons, we can't not put one in Vienna now because that would be just very rude. And then they also, someone told them about Victor Orban. Maybe there's some like like, geopolitics that went into it. And the church was like, oh, we didn't realize the Hungarian government sucked. All right, let's build one. In, in Vienna. Anyway, yeah, so make fun of Barcelona all you want. It is a big gap, though. If you look at the 200-mile thing in Europe, like a, a massive hole is right there in northeastern Spain, southern But France. they have nice train access there, right? They do, but even that, if, if you take the highest speed Ave train from Barcelona to Madrid, it's still like two and a half hours nonstop. And then you're not even at temple sites in Madrid. you got to get off the train and take the metro and all that stuff. So they do have good trains. All right. Other ones, Scotland, uh, more European, Scotland, Dublin, I think those maybe that's a similar situation to the two that you just mentioned. Got if yeah. you can't have one without the other. Yeah, something like that. I mean, if one goes in Scotland, don't expect one in Ireland yeah, immediately. True. But I could see Ireland's got like one stake, but it's its own island. But it's an it's, island, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's less accessible. There's one in, in Northern Ireland. They would probably if the border's not closed yet, they could still go there. There's no temple in Northern Ireland. There's a stake, sorry, in Northern oh, Ireland. Oh, sorry. It's <laughs> like what do you yeah, that San Luis Obispo? Bakersfield. I just threw that one up there randomly. I had nothing to back up San Luis Obispo <laughs> other than saying, well, the central California area is kind of far from LA. And Bakersfield actually could, is maybe a maybe. Do you like my thought for uh, Reykjavik though? I think it would be unique. Right? Sure <laughs> would. Can you imagine if they get up there and be like, here's a country where we've got three branches, everyone. It's like open which is for good, a week we a had year. Two, we, had, we only had two branches 10 years ago. So now we have three. Oh. 
And we said, we're going to build one there. This one might have to rely on tourists. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In all reality, well, the nice thing is they could put it next to the Blue Lagoon. They could use the geothermal stuff for heating I the would font. Go there. It saves yeah. on cost. Oh, yeah. I'd totally font. go check that out. Literally, though, I think a temple in Reykjavik is about as likely as a temple in Riyadh. But, <laughs> but it's an honorable mention nonetheless. It's an honorable mention. Jackson, yeah. Mississippi, Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, why Jackson? Who? What's that? Where's that idea from? I don't know. I didn't put it on there. Hang on, is I no, I think you put another quote. <laughs> no one, like many things, Jackson, Mississippi exists as a mystery and no one knows why. Um, um, Brazil, I, last last conference, it was announced in Victoria and that was a big surprise because I was not, there was other places I thought had more stakes, but I guess that's a good place too. So yeah. I guess the field's pretty wide open in, in Brazil. I liked your comment with Christchurch, Jeff. Can we really be a Christ-centered church without a temple? That, that was me. I didn't write oh, that. Oh, that was Corey. That was, well that's done, my joke. Corey. That's awesome. That's a great joke. <laughs> and it actually would make a lot of sense, too, just for New Zealand, because it's yeah. the major city on the southern island. Yeah, so, I, I think so. I think that's a good guess. Uh, we've seen a lot of play here at Green Bay or Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin does not have a temple. I believe people often think it has a temple, like in Madison, yeah. maybe, or in Milwaukee, uh, but it does not. And I think I could... You can make a case for either one of those. I mean, you know, Milwaukee is not that far from Chicago. Right. Or even by train. Um, and I think the Chicago Temple is on the northern side of Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, because that's the uh, bougier part of Chicago. Republic so, of the Congo, that's on that list. The, which we talked about. Yeah, which we talked about. And, and Yuma. Last, think about this one, folks. I don't know. I think there's a case to be made for Yuma. That's right. It's out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing near it, that whole area. There's you've, You could put a temple in like Yuma and it could serve uh, like Imperial County, California and mostly just Yuma. There's not much else there, but the people out there live very far away from, they're assigned to the San Diego temple. It is not close. Just last year, I drove that route. I drove through Yuma and route to San Diego and said, my goodness, it takes forever to get from Yuma to San That's Diego. That's a great route. You're driving across yeah. all of California. Um I, I, you know, whatever, like, Jeff. I, I, yeah. <laughs> well, Corey with the attitude. What you got a problem with? <laughs> I, I would say Mexicali on the other side of the border. Yeah. I think that's more deserving. That's actually fair. I think that could be a a, a decent pick right there. Like instead. a Ciudad Juarez kind of a situation. Let's do it one better and actually build it in Los Algodones, Mexico. Ooh, nice. The northernmost city of Mexico, which is on the border of California and Arizona. There's not. There's not much there. It's. That's I have the been there that, many times because that's you've been to Algodonas. It's oh, a crack all the time. There, there's billboards all around it, approaching the highway that goes down to it for like dentists and stuff like that. Just saying, like, cross the border, get some health care for less than you spend in the U.S. <laughs> My grandparents when you walk would, into it, would be snowbirds in Yuma for years and years. My whole growing up, so we'd always go and spend a day eating street tacos in in Algodonas. That was what we would do. Huh? Yeah, nice. Well, that's a fun note to end on, Joe. Thank you for that bit of that little anecdote of my story. life. I would just go to D- Del Taco. That was <laughs> yes, you, know, you would. <laughs> I grew up in you know I still grew up outside of L.A., but it's like yes, I would like the flatbread taco, please. Thank you, and some cheesy gooey nachos, real Mexican food, and a hamburger you know, with fries. I don't like their hamburgers. <laughs> They're fine. So. Everyone, what do you think about our predictions? Let us know. Sound off on this post. Sound off on the post with it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you like. You can send us an email contact at thisweekinmormons.com. And of course, please support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash thisweekinmormons and pledge $3 a month so that you can be entertained for an hour and a half of three guys yelling at each other about where temples (laughs) might show up every six months. 
It really would be fun if we had like a, a much more negative interaction, right? It'd be like, no, Joe, you're dumb. That's the worst <laughs> idea I've ever heard. Why would you think that? We could probably stand to spice it up, you know, get, get some of the spirit of Al back into the repartee. <laughs> just start calling each other morons and like just be dismissive <laughs> of one another's comments. Oh, I've changed. I can't times. do that anymore. Good times. I'm too, I'm too, I'm too woke. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> But thanks for listening, folks. This is good. So we'll have this you know, put up here. We've got some time to percolate on it, share it around. We'd love to know what you think about the Temple Predictions. It's always fun to guess this. Of course, it's just for fun. It's for, yeah, we're not trying to like be out of turn. Calm down. Yeah. yeah, you know, don't freak out. But it's just like, it's okay to think about because we, we guarantee church leadership takes some of the things we talked about into consideration. Specifically uh, when, the things that we talked about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but when's, so that's why the temple will be in Reykjavik. Yes. And when they ask President Nelson about it later on, it'll be like the one in, uh, was it Russia or Shanghai when he said he got up that morning and felt impressed? Which one was India, that? India, yeah. That was India. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I feel like we had to do this. He's going to get up and be like, I just felt like the saints in Iceland needed a win, you know? And this is to honor their contribution to Spanish Fork. Bit of church history there. You can look that's great. Yeah, that is true. Into, forgot about that. to Brigham Young thinking all the Icelandic full circle. just... Brigham Young thought all the Icelandic people were just Danes and just said, yeah, yeah, just go down there. <laughs> That's what happened. Well, this has been a good time. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, too. Yeah, like being here. Have a good one. Good to have you guys. Everyone have a great conference. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to our Temple Predictions. This has been This Week in Mormons. I'm Jeff. Those are the other guys. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.